Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Hey, Alyssa. How's it going? Good. So glad to be back in the swing of two Housewives franchises. It's really lifting my spirits. It is, right? How are you feeling? Uh, good. It's good. To, yeah, I agree. It's good to have, like, I feel back in the groove of, like, having homework before Friday mornings. Yes. Where I used to, especially the past couple of weeks, I feel like I've really been stretching out whatever few shows I'm watching and being yeah. very precious about that time. And now I'm like, I've got a couple of shows on deck. Yeah. Woo! It's great. Okay, so everyone's drunk on Roni again. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's drunk on Roni, and it really made me miss, like, coats like I love California and I love not ever being cold but there were some really cute sweaters and thick cardigans and like coats and I just like I wanted that like cool leopard jacket that Leah had and uh yeah definitely they were fucking very drunk (laughs) there's especially now that we're all trapped in whatever living situation we have I was really like oh I want to sit by a fire in the mountains with a sweater Mm -hmm. on and have Christmas (laughs) with my friends like that it's the berserkers seems a lot more appealing now that I'm trapped in my one bedroom apartment. <laughs> yeah, we're all craving any kind of like change of scenery to begin with. Yeah. So yeah, anywhere they go, I'm like, I'd like to do that. I did think that in terms of like the episode, the first fight, it, w- which was like centered sort of around Ramona being shitty, right. got so convoluted. I yes. enjoyed like part of the girls just like sitting as an audience and watching the the actual confrontation but it just like kind of went all over the place and it was a little hard for me to follow and I was like all right and then it ends with Luann just like freaking the fuck out about her cabaret show and I was like this is the fight that I wanted I wanted one clear insanely weird and self-involved fight and I and like Sonia just bursting into tears and that's I was like this is the classic Roni that I love I totally agree with you I think like we've gotten a little in the weeds with everyone being so wasted to the point that the next morning when they wake up it's not even really a lasting problem like with (laughs) Leah destroying so it's like wow okay well we just shouldn't drink now we have a clear thesis about what someone is mad about but we also have three old drunk women trying to make sense of it all and navigate each other's feelings. And then I enjoy seeing Leah, 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 it's Leah, Leah. Uh, yeah. like sober, just reacting to stuff because she has a great, uh, you know, she has like a very reactive big face. And then her interviews mm-hmm. were like, whoa, what's going on here? <laughs> um, I very much enjoyed Luann clearly swearing, slurring her words. Clearly becoming like a full-blown evil black-eyed narcissist about Mm. her cabaret show again. I'm like, we've already been through this. And this is still such a sensitive subject matter for her. And I will never not hear her being like, you're done. How's that? You're done. I don't want you in my show. You're done. I'm like, oh, man. this is You don't get the honor of being in my show. First of all, Alyssa, it's pronounced narcissist. Oh, so narcissist. Okay, that's actually perfect. how it's pronounced. <laughs> but no, I did. I was craving that. And it's funny because the past couple episodes, I've been like, you know who has their shit together and whose skin is looking great? Luann. Like, Luann <laughs> is the little mediator. She's so positive. She's, like, really befriending Leah. And then it was just the the beautiful old familiar monster that we know and love. It's did like, you see I, her face, I, I like, a Broadway change, actor. Sorry, what? go ahead. Did you see her face change into like an evil witch though? Like, yeah. It's so crazy. She goes from having like such a good sense of humor about all the fucked up shit she's been through and being like, I'm going to fucking stab you, Sonia. <laughs> like, it, it's crazy. It, and it happened in in just like a, just a millisecond while yeah. they were standing up by the fire, like about to do their bit. And then just like one, some little comment triggered her and she was like over the edge. Yeah. But. I loved it. I thought it was great. Whose side are you on? Do you think Sonia deserves to get paid more than $200? I was confused about... So is she just doing it in New York? Like, 
or like, is she going on tour? Okay, so <laughs> I don't know. I, it's probably like if she's in the city that Luann's performing in. Do you know the whole story about Sonia's dress coming off the last time she did the cabaret with Luann? No. Oh, okay. This is a good clip, and we'll post it on our Instagram. Um, okay. There's So, you know, Luann's cabaret show, she does covers, and then every show she brings out, like, a special celebrity guest, and sometimes the guests are more special than other times. And Sonia's <laughs> been one of the guests before, and so I think she went out to sing Money Can't Buy You Class with Luann, and in the middle of it, she's wearing, like, a wrap dress, and she's swinging around, and her wrap dress just completely falls off her body, and she's, like, butt-ass naked. And oh. people... Oh my god. And people it's like a it's a video that people have analyzed over and over and over again to see if she actually pulled the tie on her own dress or if it really did just fall off. And they've never really addressed it on the show. So Luann is clearly threatened by Sonia. Like what she um, seems to perceive as coming on the stage and just one upping her by being totally butt ass naked. This but it makes also so is much very possible sense. that Sonia is just crazy and her clothes just fell off of her. I don't know. But yeah, both. I, I am completely down the middle on this. Like I don't I could buy both options. It also makes way more sense because I thought it was very specific and mean when when. And Luann was like, I don't need to pay her to come on my stage and take her clothes off. I was yeah. like, whoa, did anybody say that? Yeah. Like, but now this. OK, thank you for explaining. That makes a lot of sense. I I think if you're fucking a special guest, you're and people are especially coming to a show because they're a fan of the fucking Real Housewives that you should pay the other Real Housewife who is essentially kind of another headliner which you don't want to admit yeah you just don't want to admit how much the audiences want to see the rest of the people on this show like nobody's coming to see the show out of like respect for your broadway belting talent they're coming to see you because you're luann who we know from this show and if yeah. another cast member from that show comes on stage i'm gonna freak the fuck out just as much as i did when you came on stage so she should be paid more than 200 bucks and she's yes. right i mean uh Sonia made a good point when she was like, that doesn't even cover my makeup. Yeah, for like, sure. I, I don't I wouldn't want to like break even or be in the red from doing you a favor and being on your show. That's yeah. raking in money for you. I totally agree. Um, yeah. Did you want to talk about Labor of Love? Oh, yes. OK, so Labor of Love is uh, this week they did their hometowns, which they're not calling hometowns because they don't want to sound like The Bachelor and Bachelorette. And they're calling them cities. Mm. They're like, can I go back to your city? <laughs> <laughs> and she's down to uh, in this episode her final three which was marcus kyle and stewart and it's funny because i started getting all these texts last night from my friend and a listener of the podcast jenna who was like i'm sorry this episode is like absolutely insane she's like going to all of their homes and meeting you know going to their cities and meeting their families and she is um turned off by how clean and minimalist and small Kyle's living situation is. And it's like, this just shows me that he's like potentially not ready to be a dad or not ready to start a family. What? Exactly. I know. And both Jenna's reaction and then mine, when I watched it is like, it really suggests that he's like financially responsible that he like isn't wasting. And he has like, he, his house had like hobbies, like he biked and like, it was, very, it was just a sort of strange reaction to have to a guy having a very, like, neat and sort of responsible living situation, which was bizarre. Um, and so then the, the episode concludes, and she's down to just Kyle. So she does keep him, thank goodness. Kyle and Stuart, who I've said is my favorite from the very beginning, mostly because he offered to get her a cocktail, which I think is all yeah. you really need to be my soulmate. Um, and I'm just, like, really fascinated to see how this ends but yeah i just had to tell you that weird clean room Wait, story what, it reminds what me what is the ideal scenario to show that you're ready to raise a child in your living space i especially if you're just a, a bachelor yeah right? like if it, i i think that that's kind of the the trap of the whole thing it's like obviously if you go into any bachelor's living situation it's not going to be you can't just throw a baby into it. <laughs> I don't know how like that would showcase necessarily a guy being ready to be a dad. Aside from what I think his house did demonstrate, which was like responsibility and like, I don't yeah. know, he was pretty conservative with his money. He doesn't like have all this frivolous shit. He seems like pretty put together and 
that would be indicative of a good partner and dad i think but it just weirded her out yeah maybe my bar is too low but if i like go to someone's apartment and stuff is put away and there's not like facial hair all over the sink and there's toilet paper (laughs) on the toilet roll like we're good (laughs) you know like that's an a plus as far as my bar is on the floor i will say i did have an experience last year where i went to our dear friend uh matt mcmanus's house i was gonna bring up matt because it sounds like he has a similar situation and you were freaked out by it (laughs) (laughs) i did well it was he's just so neat, Alyssa. It's like American Psycho neat, I think. Like his stuff, his bed was made like, uh, like how you would make like a hospital bed or a or a hotel bed. It was I so like that. the sheets were so tucked in, so tight. And in his defense, the only reason I saw his room is because he was hosting a party. And, like, you cleaned up his room for if people went into his bedroom. So I imagine it doesn't always look like this. But I had warned him. I was like, dude, I know that you're dating. And if I came into this room, I would be like, this is a serial killer. But on the other hand, I'd be like, yes, this is my perfect man. Because if you've seen the way Mike makes the bed, it's like... The sheets are, look, sure, the, everything's pulled up to the top of the pillows or whatever, but there's, like, fucking <laughs> loose sheets over the bed frame, and there's everything's all scrunched up. It's just, like, no, I want, like, perfect. Ho- if I went into someone's room and I was, like, oh, my God, you made my dream bed, I would be, like, yeah, what I, this is great. I, I'm, yeah. I'm in love with you. Let's date. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Oh man! See, it's all subjective, but I just I felt so bad that that poor guy Kyle, who was like living the life and the bachelor life in the right way, was just like sort of shit on. But we'll have to see what happens next week because I really I am very I've been anticipating like how this show is going to end and how as a television show they're gonna like handle how they I don't know just like tell this is she gonna get knocked up or no I don't know so we'll see. <laughs> Um, what did we think about Beverly Hills this week? Oh man. Okay. So I went into this being prepared to be a little bit let down about this Brandy Denise head fake. Cause it started to become apparent that that maybe doesn't have the longevity that we thought it would have over the season. But, um, I am very much enjoying just seeing the fucking like alien, uh, brain worm thinking that Denise and Aaron have like, yeah. I, I mean, she whispered to him at one point, like, he doesn't need this shit. They don't know that he cures people with cancer. And I'm just like, oh. Yeah. You can see, can't you see why, (laughs) I think I've said this before, but, like, you could just see why she was with Charlie Sheen. Yeah. And I, and before she was on the show and I knew more about her, it was, I think, like, just my interpretation of the headlines and stuff was like, oh, my God, just, like, poor Denise. Like, this sucks for her that she just, like, wound up with this, like, wacko guy and now it's like no she's she's like drinking the kool-aid i think that she's just like yeah (laughs) (laughs) she's eclectic uh i i i also just wish that like aaron was a little bit more articulate about when he's coming for the ladies because Mm -hmm. i liked erica like trying to confront him but when people talk like that they're impossible to confront like yes. or or to corner because he's just sort of all over the place and he's speaking in these it's just like but I wanted to see them go head to head and I think it's just impossible to do that with him right yeah because he's not making any sense and he's not really landing any blows I, I feel like everyone you know Erica Jane is very like okay like you know they're just sort of like I'm not you're not even on my level as far as conversation goes so goes so I'm not gonna get into this with you because you just see I'm gonna essentially like let you uh, lose the argument by just like talking too much you know uh when do you think that a partner should be coming to your defense in the way that Aaron is doing so aggressively for Denise I think in the housewives context the show is the women you know standing up to each other and so anytime that we've gotten a husband interjecting in the women's problems it always screams like this is not your place like get out of here let them do the show kind of thing I think if there's a situation where they keep getting attacked over and over and over again and you as a partner have you know let your wife 
defend herself and people are still just not backing down and it's like all of them against her i understand why you would want to come to her defense or basically i i think what's interesting is like the few situations that i've ever been in with mike by my side like that um Mm -hmm. his approach is more like okay we don't we don't have to do this guys you know like to the people that are attacking you know yeah rather than being like well you did this and you did that like getting into the (laughs) argument it's like all right let's just everyone just give each other some space i feel like mauricio has done a pretty good job of doing that i was just about to say that i think that mauricio is kind of the has the perfect stance usually because he gets in the car with Kyle and lets Kyle like completely vent and he'll be like it's ridiculous you're totally right like all of them are wrong I don't get it and totally takes her side and like is that sounding board for her but rarely interjects and like communicates directly with the women at these parties I also think if like I think you should step in if you're at one of these big you know in terms in the world of Real Housewives you're at one of these big parties at the end and you're watching people like four or five girls screaming or throwing glasses at your wife. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, then go silly. in and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. But when you just see them like standing in the corner, kind of like speaking in a heated way towards each other, just like keep doing you, dude. Let them film their show. Like I like PK coming in at the at the right. white party a few seasons ago was so annoying to me. I was like, you just halted everything. Yeah. And now it's like about you and how you're a dick, which is not new information to us. And this Aaron thing, like Aaron being brought in this most recent episode to the the jewelry trunk show when none of the other right. husbands went was also annoying to me. It was like I do. I did feel like it was kind of a move, like just go by yourself and, and film the scene. It's like your job to do that. Yeah, it feels like she's finding a loophole to not participate in the show because she knows that if he's there and he's getting in the conversation, then they won't, you know, they don't want to do that. They don't, that's not what the show is and that's not what the conversation is meant to be and that's not the story. So she's kind of cheating by like allowing him to, him to jump in whenever he wants. I wonder if she asked him behind the scenes, like, can you just come with me and if thing, you know, and just like shut it down if it starts happening She again. must have. Yeah. Also, it, it was no accident that she was like, I'm going to go get us a drink and leave Aaron here to talk to the entire cast. Yeah. Like it, it was just like such a, and then she comes back and is like, oh no, I shouldn't have left him now. Look, and now we've just, we have to leave. She's, she said like four things. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And I like that the girls called her out on it. She was like, I just don't want to cause a scene or like make it about me. And they were like, you're, but yet yeah, that's what's happening right now though. <laughs> that's I do what you're like doing right now. The version of Erica Jane being like, I don't give a fuck motherfucker. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> you know, she's just like, don't come for me. Like, I don't, you know, this is not like, I'm, you're not a fucking housewife. Like I am here. I am a housewife. I don't bring Tom here, you know, to fight. Yeah. My battles. I'm like, okay, good for you, Erica. I'm and it also wasn't it, it, his at the, Uh, at Kyle's party he was truly like you guys should shut the fuck up yeah like he was very cruel and horrible instead of just being like leave my wife alone you guys but like it was really like aggressive and I loved all of the other wives were like I'm sorry if my husband (laughs) told everyone to shut the fuck up I would be screaming at him like yeah what a horrible thing to do and what a horrible look yeah I don't think like Denise could not care less it's just very, very strange. But. I will say to say one nice thing about Denise. I, I did think it was really nice when they got in the car and they were like rehashing this whole thing, getting upset. She turned to the driver and said, like, I'm so sorry you had to listen to this and then gave them an extra tip. And I was like, I think that's nice. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I do like that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's nice when people acknowledge that, you know, whoever, like, especially having worked in a, an assistant capacity, sometimes people just pretend like you're not a human being and they can just do and say whatever they want in front of you. And so, when someone's like this is abhorrent human behavior here's some money for you I'm like thank you I will go to dinner now <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah it's also they did a good job of uh they had just included that scene of Aaron teaching uh Lola how to drive and him having like being very patient and nice with her and I was like okay we get it you guys are trying to paint like a, a well-rounded picture yeah. of what Aaron is so he's not like the absolute worst he's like an okay dude at least in a situation where it's him or Charlie Sheen. Like, yeah, for I guess sure. I would pick Aaron too. Fine. That's the literal lowest bar. Um, it's going to be interesting <laughs> to watch them turn on each other, though, since Denise apparent like it seems like she betrayed Aaron's trust with Brandy. So, yeah. Who's and then gonna we're going to, I think, exactly. We're going to, I think this is, a, I mean, you never know with these previews, but it looks like we're going to see a lot more of Denise, you know, like mm-hmm. we're, she has to, she's like, I don't care about real housewives. I care about my family. 
Like, here we go. Yeah. Very excited. There's a lot of, uh, and then Camille comes back next week. I'm pumped for next week. Yeah, for sure. Camille and Brandy. Crazy. Camille's just, I don't know, of a different time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm good on I'm Camille. so happy she's not a housewife, but I yeah. do want to see her come and, like, get in a Stir fight with shit. pregnant Teddy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What did you think about, I felt kind of weird about Kim you know, getting her boobs redone and the doctor touching her boobs with no gloves on and then gave her a hug and a kiss while her boobs were still out. Did you did you clock that at all? I did. I just I was like, this is a whole world I know yeah. nothing about. I don't know what the etiquette is in these situations. And I, I get like try. Uh, it's just I hate it. And I, I at first I felt I the opposite when Kyle was like, well, Kim is just OK having her top off. And yeah, I'm like, she's in a doctor's office. I'm happy she's comfortable. I would be so weirded out and I would. I would, I'm envious of that, like, uh, lack of self-consciousness. But then as the scene kept going and exactly what you said happened, I was like, oh, no, I don't like too this. Too friendly. <laughs> too, <laughs> way too friendly. This is uh, uncomfortable. I mean, I like how much I, I do think it's important that they uh, talk a lot about breast health and breast cancer, For sure. particularly on this franchise. Like I, they've done a lot with Kyle and with Lisa Rinna, and they always show them getting mammograms and like going to the doctor and. I think that that's a, a really cool thing to like bring up, especially to an audience that's like mostly female. Yes. But it, we were kind of in this uh, storyline a little too long. <laughs> it's like eh, I feel uncomfortable with this whole thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know it's how also much like just Kim too. It's such a strange flip too to see like Kyle so emotional about you know her mom's history and her sister getting her breast check and and potential biopsy and all that. And then she walks into the room where Kim is waking up and she's just like, Lach! like you look disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, I mean, she was just under anesthesia and had surgery and she's like, okay, yeah. Kim, uh, take, clean yourself up and I'll come back. It's like, <laughs> okay. Uh, I didn't know we all had to wake up with lip gloss on like Tamara judge, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that was funny. I just I love Garcelle and that she is like still playing both sides in a way that I think is like not at all two faced, but in fact, very relatable and likable where yeah. she's just like she'll shit on Denise when Denise leaves the party with everybody else, but still also defend her a little bit and be like, well, in her defense, like, let's not blow this out of like blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I don't know if this is just something that people give you a hall pass to do on your first season. And like maybe next season, everybody's going to come for Garcelle. But it's a it's a really refreshing perspective to just have one voice that is kind of seeing it from all sides and just like there to hang and have a good time. For sure. And I think she's doing a good job, too. I think a lot of housewives, their first season come on the show and they want the approval of like the OG housewives. And she does not give a flying fuck about Kyle Richards. <laughs> like, yeah. Which is something that I really enjoy watching where she's like uh no I see you being fake to me I see you not taking the time to get to know me that's fine I can be friends with all these fucking iconic women over here you're just a housewife I'm a full-blown actress you know yeah <laughs> that's, I think that's great that's a really fun energy to have from someone on their first season mm-hmm. um siesta key should we wrap it up with siesta key let's wrap it up with siesta key I know that Alex Campo is young and it, he is a racist and we hate him but it was so shocking to me to hear that Alyssa, uh, the woman he's having a baby with, is only 25 years old. If you look at shocking. this woman, it's like, you're at least 30-something. She's, she's <laughs> a woman. Like, yeah. this is a woman. This is not a girl. And, like, to hear about, yeah, if you're like, oh, my God, like, a 25-year-old having his kid, you just, I picture a completely different person than the person we're seeing on TV. Yeah. And she's... Still very beautiful. Don't get us wrong, but not at all she, 25. I don't know if she <laughs> I think like uh, it's tough to be, you know, this the bar on this show is pretty fucking high. Like I've Juliet is like perhaps the most beautiful person ever made, but uh it is it is really shocking to hear that she is that young. Uh and I also did I I was a little surprised to hear when Juliet found out that she, that Alyssa was pregnant, right? Her just straight up be like, "Well, she did this on purpose. She yeah. didn't take her birth control. She doesn't have a job. She found she found out Alex's dad was rich. It's like we all we all knew that. Like yeah. I I'm if I, but I I didn't think that they would actually say that out loud on the show. 
which is maybe naive of me, but I think the reason why Juliet is such a good reality star is because that's the first hurtful thing you would think in the situation. Like I totally would say that in the privacy of my own (laughs) friend group, you know? So I think the way, the idea that like Juliet to a certain extent doesn't think about like how she sounds about like female friendship or any of that shit. I mean, this is a girl who called this woman and said, I fucked your boyfriend several, several times, you know, like (laughs) she is not worried about anyone's feelings. No. And you're right. That makes her a better reality star for sure. Cause I agree. I think that was maybe part of my shock is I was like, Oh, I would say that, but not when the cameras were rolling. I would like (laughs) not want that to be a thing that people knew I said. Um, And I, it's, it's, I think more evident in this episode, and you and I talked about it a little bit before recording, that this uh, not having Alex in the show at right. all is really changing the the makeup of the show in, like, more ways than one. And <laughs> it's, like, kind of hurting it in some ways. Yeah. Um, and and it's not, it sucks. I wish so much that, you know, the whole reason that this season 3B was called into production is because of this pregnancy where he's the baby daddy. Right. And so it would have been so much nicer <laughs> if we're all involved if that was not the case and he was still sort of like a B supporting character and then his presence wouldn't be missed as much in terms of like just these scenes that are kind it's, of awkward yeah. now. It's unfortunate because I think if they had shot the season after they removed him from the show, they could still do the storyline and then they would just have the actual right conversations in each scene to air. But what we're getting is, which the Hills very much pioneered, like over the shoulder with ADR where you don't actually see anyone's mouths moving, but you're getting tricked into thinking they're actually having this conversation. And then on top of that, we're getting these like extraneous stories about Brandon, like going to his dad's financial firm and like learning what a W2 is. And I'm like, this is not, this is not the show. No, <laughs> you know, like This is on the cutting room floor people. Yeah. Was, yeah. The Brandon plot. I think he's so likable and cute. And I, I love like, I just that could not have been more bored watching him buy a suit. Yeah. I say, and then there's a, I was like, great. Oh, another 10 minutes of him in this like financial office reading textbooks. Like, what are we watching yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. This is like not what we're here for. But I I mean, they're they're doing their best. Doing their so best. I do they're commend them for that. They're trying to do the right thing. And so we commend them. And uh, it's a tough spot they're in for sure. <laughs> I will say that I as an actor have always I mean acting classes are just very uncomfortable they're like supposed to be safe spaces like the, my favorite ones are very like private so anytime an acting class is <laughs> portrayed on reality tv it gives me like full-on tmj from cringing so much yeah. like I have a full jaw problem after watching that episode because I cannot handle that acting class that what's her face is taking Madison. and it's Madison oh my god it's so stressful and I hate it and I don't want the it's it's awful it's the only thing worse than when they tried to do it on the the reboot of the hills last year I like could not I can't yeah it's so embarrassing I fast forwarded through it and especially I feel the same (laughs) way when they do like improv classes and I'm just like I don't want to see things that I've participated in that are so Mm -mm. fucking annoying like I Mm -mm. just don't it's not it's not good. I don't know. I don't, maybe if you've never taken an acting class before, it's interesting, but I, that's interesting. Maybe I, I wonder if someone out there tell us if that was a good scene for you. I also can't imagine <laughs> someone who's never taken an acting class before, but I'm from LA. I guess. So, yeah, you're right. You know? I know. But it's also like every, no matter what degree you like had in college, you had to take it. Or there was like a class in high school where there was, was just like, like an, an acting class thing, you know, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I'm know. not saying acting classes are, but I think everybody should take them. I think they're great, but I think like, part of what's great about them is that they're like weird shit happens and you have to be vulnerable and there's things that it's like it's supposed to be a judgment-free zone which you completely remove the second you have like any sort of cameras in there and they're pretending like cameras aren't there but then you know that they are so that it's just this weird self-involved like awful thing and I can't if I hear like the weird monologues they were doing one more time I'm gonna rip my hair out it's so cringeworthy I hate it so yeah, that was Siesta I, Key this week. <laughs> I feel like Siesta Key's in the toilet a little bit, but they're doing their best to chug along. Yeah. And this also, I guess this uh, this episode is missing, like, the set piece of, like, a big party, too, mm-hmm. which is some of the fun appeal for me of just, like, seeing either the costumes or the dresses or whatever. And so mm-hmm. them just, like, 
kind of dicking around and pretending to have real jobs is like not really where I want to see the cast no. of Siesta Key. Mm, me neither. Mm. I don't even want to see that in my own life. So <laughs> not really here to see the 22 year olds give up on their dreams and stop going to the beach, you know? So. <laughs> okay. Let's, uh, should we intro our like little interview this week? Yeah, let's do it. Over the show. <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing. Forged in Fire mm-hmm. on the History Channel. You guys have been asking for it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, what you don't know is behind the scenes, people have been DMing us saying, please cover please, Forged in Fire. Please, this is Forged in Fire. Please, 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 please do Forged in Fire. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, it is actually a really fun. It's fun to learn about the show because it's, yeah. uh, it's also exciting to just have somebody who's super into it, which is our guest comedian and writer and actor, Greg Berman, who's one of my my oldest friends uh who's just like super enthusiastic about it and tells us all about f- swords and <laughs> forged in fire so i hope you guys enjoy i love the spear it has a tremendous versatility a lot of people don't really think spears are that interesting i do Hey, everybody. We have a really cool and unique guest today. Uh, We have the hilarious comedian, writer, actor, Greg Berman with us. He's here to talk about a really cool show. Uh, Before we get into that, I should mention that this is our first guest who I went to high school with. Actually, Taylor and I were uh, briefly betrothed in a production of The Music Man. I should (laughs) point that out. Yeah. Wait, so who did you guys play? I was Mayor Shin because I can't sing. And I was Mrs. Shin because I, I can only sing funny. Perfect. I mean, and we really stole the show, actually. We were really great. It could, I mean, if you look at it, we are now the only people in that cast who are professional actors. That's wow. very true. Uh, Sarah That's Cartwright. Very true. Sarah Cartwright, who played our daughter. Holy That's shit. Right. Our family. Our family. Music Man are like professional <laughs> actors now. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, welcome to the podcast. We were just saying that your voice is very soothing. So I Thank think this you. is a good time to have like a soothing interview uh, mm-hmm. coming out. Good. I'll do the whole thing and hopefully not lull people to sleep. Yes. Or maybe I will. And that's perfect. <laughs> you, I forgot to even mention the title of the show, uh, which I'm sure, you know, I, the audiences are clamoring for. You're going to talk to us about Forged in Fire. That is correct. And man, I don't know how I didn't know that this show existed because once I got into researching it, it seems like people are really fucking into (laughs) this show. And for good reason, I think. It's pretty awesome. I mean, all things considered, it's pretty great. It's like (laughs) it's like that second wave of competition shows that came out. I feel like, you know, all the all of the cooking competitions came out. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, yeah, but what else? You know, <laughs> I feel like Hollywood as a whole was like, you know, yes, ending the situation. And they're like, let's find some other things people compete about. And Forged in Fire came to be. And it, it's Do you unbelievable. Know, I actually read that the creator uh, was watching cooking shows with his 14 year old daughter. And she was like, Dad, why don't they have more like exactly like cooking shows, but with other things? And he was like, this is genius. And the first thing he pitched was a forged in fire, but about guns. No. It was oh, about what? men making guns. I don't like And then that. all of the networks were like, no. Yeah. But then History Channel was like, okay, but what if, though, it was swords? Swords. Yeah. I like swords much better. Guns seems like you could really fuck that up in a bad way, you know? Yeah. I feel like it's it's like when Vince Gilligan probably pitched Breaking Bad is like, let's show everyone how to make meth, you know? <laughs> it's the same thing here. Like, like, okay, but like, what if it's more relatable than that? Right, exactly. <laughs> what if we it. didn't teach people how to make firearms? I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. a good idea. <laughs> um, so the only thing I know about this show is that Roxanne Gay is obsessed with it. It's her favorite show and she tweets about it all the time and people sort of get like agitated when she tweets about it and she keeps going, which I think is so funny. So I'm really <laughs> excited to hear everything about this show. It's well, there's she, so much to love. She'll be like, they're doing double blades on Forged in Fire. And I'm like, what? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, it's serious. Um, do you want to sort of break down just like generally what the competition is and what some of the challenges are? It, it's essentially four blacksmiths who show up and um, they are tasked with making a knife uh, in the first two rounds. So in the first round, 
they are given, um, and it's actually really funny because you know how in Chopped, they'll give you like a basket of ingredients that you have to use? Right. So in Forged in Fire, they try to make it difficult as well. So what they'll do is they'll like get the blacksmiths like coming out. They all come out. They get to their little tables or whatever. And then the host, whose name is Will Willis, no fucking joke, Will Willis. Amazing. Uh, who looks like a poor man's Jon Snow. And yes, that's, exa- that's exactly <laughs> what he should like. look like. Great job. Great job, Fortune and Fire. You're really exactly. playing into the audience. <laughs> he just looks like, uh, like a community theater Jon Snow. And so... Uh, he is like, today, blacksmiths, you will be. And then he like lifts a tarp and he's like, here's a truck. Make a knife. Wait, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they just, he just gives him random shit. Like I've seen, I've seen uh, trucks. I've seen. Wait, like a full truck? Like a yeah. full, like not just, a toy truck, like a no. real truck? Yeah. And they have to like <laughs> cut metal off of it. And what? they're like, oh, yeah, and they're all like looking for the high carbon steel or whatever because they like know what the fuck they need. And, you know, just so you know, the axle is the best place to look. It's very strong. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, so, and so they're sharing one truck that yeah, they're all so they trying to get have the to best metal off of. Okay, yeah, I totally. See. The other day they, they gave them a cannon. They just gave them like oh an old God. Civil War cannon. And they're like, here you go, guys. And so... <laughs> Um, okay. So they get this thing, they chop off, chop off a little bit of the metal, and then they have three hours, three hours, only three hours, to uh, make the knife portion of the of the blade because there's the knife and then there's the tang, which is the handle. <laughs> it's called the what tang. What is it called? Tang. The tang. T a n g. Like okay. Like the, like the juice. Like the orange juice. Yes. Okay. So they so the first the first three round or the first round uh, they have three hours to make the tank or to make the knife, and then um, those knives are presented to the three judges, mm-hmm. uh, and then the judges decide, and then the and second what, round. What kind of judges are we like? Wh- what is their expertise in oh, knives? Oh, this is the best question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of them is like a like a like a weapons expert like he's like a historical expert in weapons Mm -hmm. and then there's another guy who's like a like an expert or master blacksmith and then the best one of all is edged weapons expert doug markaida who is uh who is what i imagine some sort of martial arts guy and i don't actually know his qualifications but (laughs) He he okay. is one of the three judges, and this actually is important uh, after round two. So okay, okay, keep going. Then, Sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> then they get into round two, right? You're in round two, and one not, person is eliminated after round one. Right. So after round one, one person must surrender their blade, which is what they say when but you're out. But based on like what? <laughs> based on like this isn't that how well sharp, it's made, or it's not that well, pretty, or like what's <laughs> there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, okay. a lot of times it's like you know there's. It, it it really only takes about two episodes before you're like a complete fucking expert in in knife making <laughs> okay, to, to the point where you know like uh, like it took two ex like two episodes for me to be like no you can't quench the blade now you dumbass it's way too hot <laughs> like I know everything now okay it's way too early for a quench um and so they decide they kick one person out then they all have to come back and make the actual um like the handle, the tang portion, right? And then mm-hmm. once they make, they get another like three hours to do that. And then when they make the tang, then Doug Markaida takes the knife and he tests it. <laughs> this he is tests the best it. part. It's so awesome. He does two tests, one that determines whether or not it's sharp and another that determines whether or not it's durable. So <laughs> one one thing, they'll like slice pigs that like hang on these things oh, that's like no. one of the things they do they're i mean dead? they're like yeah they're for sure dead, dead. yeah they're okay. not alive pigs. That's, <laughs> i was kind of hoping he would stab himself but <laughs> I guess that's not that's not a sustainable business move. no okay. so then he does that and then he, and then he has this really like weird thing that he does after he does it and it's successful he like has this shit-eating grin, grin on his face and he's like this knife 
will cut. And he, like, he looks so stupid. And then he like, and then he'll take the knife and then just like go to town on like bamboo or something. Oh or, like, my God. I was wondering if this was in every episode. Yeah. Because in the one I watched, he, because they do, yeah, it's like chopping and slicing and they're two different tests. Right. And the one I saw, they chopped uh, coconuts in half, which looked yeah. really fun. And then they sliced like a, like a water, like a hot water, you know, those things that look like bladders, but they're yeah, rubber yeah, yeah, yeah. and they sliced it. And then once one slice, it did well. He was like, this is a great knife. And then he just started like whipping it around. Like he was in some <laughs> sort of like Kung Fu movie, but oh, also no. while talking with a straight face and like walking them through why the knife was so great. And I was terrified and yeah. overjoyed it was so it was un- funny it's unreal it's unreal and then so then after this they eliminate two people and now keep in mind sometimes during this test portion your knife could have what's called a catastrophic failure which is when it <laughs> breaks and that's called a catastrophic failure and uh they just like straight up like boot you from the forge they're like get the fuck out pretty much i mean um and uh, so then there's two left, and then they take those two guys now. They are given a very exotic weapon that most of them have never, ever heard of. And they have to go back home to their home forge, and they have to make this in five days and then come back. And then they do another series of tests on this exotic weapon. And then they crown the forged and fire champion. Okay, so you're telling me that these people <laughs> have blacksmithery uh, labs in their home. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, some of them better than others. That's the best part is when these two guys, like I just watched an oh episode where these two guys get to the end. And this is the other thing about the show. I, and this is something I was thinking about, like, blacksmiths were never meant to be on television no you know what i mean like nope <laughs> like i like would agree sh- like maybe chefs yes you know those guys yeah they, you kind of you get into magazines you do interviews all the time blacksmiths are are generally more reserved people who love thor like they are yeah. not folks who are meant for television and they there probably isn't that many of them all things considered i didn't even know we still had them to be honest with oh you. yeah for sure um that's the whole point right like of course you haven't heard of them so they all like every episode will have like one guy who's been doing it for like 20 years and then another guy who's like made a knife once you know and like with no experience and that guy sometimes accidentally makes it to the final round what yeah, it just happens. Like someone had a, you know, some really fancy guy had a catastrophic failure. His knife broke. So now it's just like this master blacksmith. And wow. this like random 19-year-old kid who was like, oh, shit, now I'm in the, like in the finals. And okay. so. So one time I watched Hell's Kitchen and somebody cut off the tip of their <gasps> finger. Right. And then yeah. they had to like keep going, basically. Um, has anything like I would imagine that there's like a high injury rate you're melting hot 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 metal like what's the worst thing you've ever seen happen on this show oh god I mean the well first of all first of all they have like very frequently I mean okay so there's four forges going on at the same time in this one kind of warehousey space Mm -hmm. so you have to imagine it's getting so hot and like yeah. one out of five episodes, one of the older guys is like, fuck, man, I don't think I can do this. Like they start like Aww. almost passing out. Oh, no. Because it's hard to like stay hydrated because they're so sweaty by the end of the first round. Is there not a better system? Can we not make them separate or get an air conditioner? Or I mean, a, like- Forged in Fire only has so much money. The problem. <laughs> that makes, yeah. What channel is it on, by the way? Is it on like history. the History Channel? Yeah, yeah it's History it Channel. Like a history Channel. Yep. Okay. <laughs> well, and y- you know, you point out the fact that it's dangerous. Like, uh, so one of the things they have to, one time, so they their task at the very beginning, they didn't give them a, a truck. Instead, they asked them all to make what's called canister Damascus, and Damascus is like if you've ever seen a knife that looks all wavy, like where the there's like all these different kind oh, of wavy yeah, patterns yeah, yeah. and the. Uh-huh. Do you watch Game of Thrones? Yes. Yes. It's essentially Valyrian steel of like the real world. Yeah, I was like, is that what it is? Yeah, it's kind of so. Like the idea behind Damascus is like the way to make like real Damascus like doesn't really exist anymore. It's been lost, and so any Damascus you get is like 
kind of whatever it's like it's not real valerian steel you know Wait, what, what I mean? does that mean it's been lost like they like don't the know recipe, how to make the it way or to the like do it yeah. resources don't exist anymore no just like the recipe they of like exactly know. well it just it's the the official way to do it i think has been sort of because it's kind of you know blacksmithing is kind of i think there's like an it's an oral tradition or like an apprenticeship so eventually the way to do the original kind of died out in a way interesting and so um one of the things you can do though is called canister damascus and they had to do this in one episode and it was great because uh about halfway through, so what canister Damascus is, is where you take like uh, essentially like a metal canister and you fill it with a bunch of like metal pieces like balls and nails and gunpowder and then you seal that shit up and then you put that in the forge, which at one point... I, I shit Wait, you not. You're assuming I know what a forge is. What is it's a just forge? like an it's like an it's like a really hot oven. Okay, it's okay, like that's like the oven, cooker. Okay, yeah. got it, got it. And at one point, about halfway through this, Will Willis, the host, points out that they're essentially making pipe bombs because that's all a pipe bomb is. Right. Is you just shove a bunch of metal into a closed oh my container. God. And so they're making these damas- Yeah, it's it's insane. It's an insane. It's an insane show. I mean, so, they are. Yeah, it's crazy. Is, so that's what you're supposed to do is create like a big explosion and then you get some wavy oh. metal. No, no. What happens is the if you do it right, the metal just kind of starts to melt together inside of this canister. Oh. And then what you do is you peel the canister off at the end. And oh. now you have what's okay. called a, a billet, which is what they use to make knives. And it's like one solid thing. And then you use like the power hammer to get it down to a blade shape. It's like a it's like a paper mache. <laughs> sort of, yes, kind of. <laughs> of if you were of a knife. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Wow. Um, so that's the show, pretty much. Wow. Uh, uh, and then where what what do these people do after the show? Are they like do people really want to buy their knives or like what's the trajectory here? I and mean, what do they win? I guess it's just like bragging rights. Oh, I suppose. No. Yeah. Money, right? I mean, they win ten thousand dollars. Yeah, they win oh, ten thousand okay. dollars. Okay, that's pretty. It's good. very important to Alyssa that people win cash prizes. Yes. You can't just be going on TV and volunteering your knife making skills for free and then winning nothing and going back no. to where whatever garage your wife wishes you would get out of. You know, like that's <laughs> just. That being said, the one I watched, I like scrolled through Hulu looking for one like a preview that had a woman in it, and mm-hmm. I watched. And it was this fierce woman named Kelly. And oh, she yeah. was so badass. She was in a bright pink shirt, which was so funny because she was like the coolest tomboy ever. But like in every single sword challenge was wearing a bright pink shirt. And uh, the judges ended up being like, wow, Kelly is a machine. And she was like, yeah, my husband says that when I die, the doctors are going to examine my body because I just go and go and go and I never stop. What? And it's like, <laughs> yep. and then she gets to the final round and they go back to her home and she has this like huge barn, like her real job is, fuck, I forget the word, but she like runs a horse stable. Sure. So she like also has a farm where yeah, she also takes track. care of horses, which seems like a 24 seven fucking job <laughs> to like be taking care of horses. But then in addition to that has this like huge forge in her barn and she makes all of these amazing things. She also made her own like hair accessories and like furniture and all sorts of dope shit oh yeah and then she wins and it's so tight i was i got got so into it at the end i was like yes kelly yeah but my husband was talking about her fucking though probably what probably i said do you think her husband was talking about her fucking though because he was like she just goes and goes and goes and never stops The real question right, is how many stainless steel uh, sex toys she has. Oh, you know, no. That's the real question. I don't like that question at all. Wow, my whole body just clenched <laughs> oh, up. No. Oh, man. Aye, aye, aye. Okay. okay, fine. You can edit that out. No, no, no. We're keeping that in, but I'm just like so prude. I'm like, are they talking about fucking? Ew, don't talk about sex toys. <laughs> okay. My mom listens to this podcast. <laughs> no, my mom doesn't know how to listen to it, and we're going to keep it that way. <laughs> Greg, how did you discover or yeah. get into this show? And who do you talk to about this? I'm a little <laughs> bit worried about you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, I discovered this show. First of all, I love, like, weird television. It is just my lifeblood. Like, I will watch anything that's... I, I wish I could do, like, a whole nother episode on this other show 
that you actually can't even watch anymore called Reno My Reno. It's a it's a Canadian show, <laughs> and I'll explain it in a, in a moment after I tell you how I found this one. This show was suggested to be by my um, my fiance's little brother. He was like, Greg, um, you're not going to know what this is right now, but when you go home, you're going to watch this show called Forged in Fire, and it'll take over your life. And he was so right. <laughs> he's like well, an engineer, so for him, he, he's like uh, a material sciences guy, so oh, he, okay. it's just like porn for him. And uh, he, he recommended it to me, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah, this is great. Um, and that's how I get a lot of these shows, just like people who've like stumbled on the dark dark side of like netflix or hulu and they're like oh my god what is this and then they're like i've got to call greg oh i have to call greg and tell him about this well i'm glad there's like a community of you guys that's good yeah well and i watch them because you know like oh god i mean so easy for stand-up you know i watch three or four episodes i could probably write five to ten minutes about each of these things right that's That's true true. are there a lot of women on these shows or is it mostly men it's mostly men. And every time there's a lady, it's so exciting because she is, I mean, she has so much to prove and she says it right off the bat. And like, I wish she didn't feel that that way, but I totally get it right. Like what a male dominated uh, trade. It's amazing I, I mean, to it's, me that like everything is just for no reason, only for men. Like, I, like <laughs> why, we don't even use blacksmiths anymore and there's no women doing it. Like I was, it's I a was literal hobby. About it. Like, <laughs> I was reading about it and there is this I was like trying to get the stats on like the number of female blacksmiths and I couldn't find much but I did find like a history of like blacksmiths throughout time and while a lot of trades were passed down and like supposedly only for men also in a family if a man only had women he would train his daughter to do it and she would take over so there is a really long history of female blacksmiths and it's not gendered as much as it is just like stuck in one sort of family tree and then it's just kind of a gamble how many women are in that but kind of like Greg what Greg was saying about like things just like sort of being passed down and having like this oral history so there is like a lot of and there's like a couple of famous female blacksmiths in history and like some are infamous for making like um guillotines and stuff like they would want the (laughs) instruments that were used to like basically execute people mm-hmm. and crucify people to be made by women for some sort of reason. So there's that. But I think too, it's ulti- like you have to be so the, the, when the episode I watched with Kelly, her arms are jacked. Like mm-hmm. this girl is fucking strong. It takes a lot of strength to blacksmith. I mean, it, I mean, I, it's hard. It's really hard. I mean, you're swinging that hammer so much for so long that yeah, like, you're like hammering so much shit. Very and not physically that taxing. women can't do that. Totally. Yeah. It's I, just taxing. I, yeah. It seems very fucking taxing. It's incredibly taxing. I'm not sure I could do it. I'm a pretty able-bodied, large man. I don't think I could. <laughs> I don't think man. I could blacksmith. I wish that we could see like Gendry and Arya like judge the yes. show. You know, oh like, that would be so cool. And Arya, I bet everyone can do who the watches the show with feels the pig. That way. Yes, cool. she can be Doug Markaida. <laughs> wow, I really like that. Um, it's uh, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. And and they all, and also the show is kind of designed in a way where like, there's, you could at any point if you really fuck up, you're kind of done. You know, like. Once you once you've spent two hours on a blade and then it shatters in yeah. your quench or whatever, there's just like what are you gonna make a whole nother knife in one hour? Like no, that doesn't yeah. work like that. It's not I like cooking, is... I guess, in that way where no. you could yeah you can't feasibly be like okay I'll just make like um a fucking I'll throw in the deep fryer or whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> it is it's structurally almost exactly like um project runway and that especially with like that last step of people being able to go home and like having five days or whatever to work on their final uh weapon right but at least like what you're saying in project runway when people like cut something in half or accidentally they would be like well i'll throw a boa on it or i could make a vest in five minutes and for this they're just like i'm done (laughs) <laughs> There's also this really great moment that happens. I want to say one out of every like four or five episodes in the earlier seasons, not so much in the later seasons, but they do. <laughs> so um, epoxy, they use epoxy, which is like a glue that you mix kind right. of. Right. It's almost like, um, yeah, it's like a synthetic like resin. Anyway, they use this epoxy to try to like get the handles on there to stick. Right. And every one out of every four episodes, 
someone uses a 24-hour setting epoxy <laughs> as opposed to the 15-minute. That happened minute. on my episode. Right. And I'm sitting there thinking, why do they even stock the 24-hour epoxy? It's a show where you only get three hours. What kind of bullshit? Why are you? And, and that's it's called so good funny. producing, honestly. That was, that's not an accident. I would. It's say. the same color and the same bottle, essentially, as the 15 minute. You just got to read it, and most people don't because they're like moving fast. You know, yeah. oh, it's ridiculous. It's Do so people serious. cry so like in moments like that? Do they cry or no? These are blacksmiths. No way. <laughs> blacksmiths no don't shed tears. No way, Alyssa. God damn it. Their tears evaporate before they hit their cheek. Man, it's too hot in there. Yeah, you would never be able to tell. I guess they're probably so sweaty that it doesn't even matter if they're crying. You can't tell. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Wait, Greg, before we go, do tell us about Reno My Reno. Real oh, my bad. God. Okay. <laughs> I have to give you a brief Reno My Reno. So Reno My Reno is a show... <laughs> Uh, it's a Canadian show hosted by a guy named Dave DePensier. So Canadian. And this is the premise of the show. They go out and they find uh, people who have started renovation projects but never finished them. So mm. what they do is they find these people who began these projects, didn't get finished, and then they come in, they inspect what's been done, and then they start redoing things a little bit. But here's the best part. What they do is they go in, they find these projects, and then they spend like 10 minutes just shitting on the job that the do- first dude did. I it's mean, like botched, like the plastic like, surgery show. Mercilessly. Like, they're just belittling this dude in front of his wife, oh no. in front of his kids. They're like, oh, look at this bullshit. Oh, they did it themselves? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. So I just, like that more. Okay. They walk around, they shit on these men who have tried to make their home a little different and the wife is like yeah check out this motherfucker he doesn't know how to do anything and Dave DePensier is just laughing at him the whole time and then eventually they bring in a crew of men who will finish the finish the renovation uh, but then they make the guy who owns the house who started it they make him help them and then they make fun of him the whole time oh for God. not knowing how to do it so it's just this, this brutal like, what is that what is that? Um, it's the fetish where you like, is it cuckolding? Kind of, no, like, yeah. That's where, well, that's where you watch someone else have sex with your partner in front of you. I, I guess. think that's what I was thinking of, of just like making someone look at you. Like they, they're basically making him watch real men renovate yes. his house. Yes. That's yeah, that's true. Yes. I, yeah. Which is kind of like letting yeah. someone bang your wife. I yeah. thought you were talking about like a do, like a dominatrix. Oh, like, like a where dom men relationship? like to be humiliated. Yeah. Oh, but oh, no, yeah, I see yeah, what yeah. you're saying. I think you're right. Especially if the wife is like, get a load of my fucking husband. It is like that. <laughs> <laughs> and the men are always so like, they're always so deferential too. They're just like, yeah, fuck me. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I don't know how to. I'm not a construction man. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, this isn't my life's work, Dave DePensier. Why don't you go fuck yourself? Honestly, wow. that's such a nice change of pace from like toxic masculinity where people are literally like murdering someone because they're like, you didn't stand this correctly. Right. You know? Like, yeah. what kind of husband do I have? It's like, great. I'm glad everyone can like roll with the punches here. It's okay. It's okay not to be an expert at everything, it's you know? Pr- that's it's so pretty funny. incredible. Reno, I, I, my Reno. I, 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 it used to be on Netflix. They took it down uh, for obvious reasons and <laughs> uh, too Netflix. sad. Yeah, even <laughs> Netflix, Netflix was like, this isn't good it. enough content for us. Wow, that's really uh, funny. You guys should, by the way, also check out this other show called Small Town Security. I think you'll, uh, I can't even get into how good it is. It's three, three seasons long. It's on Amazon Prime. Must watch. Must Greg, watch. What okay. you, you're like one of the most productive and busy and creative people I know. <laughs> and like the fact that you watch all of these weird shows <laughs> is such a bizarre reveal to me right now. I'm assuming that you also watch, you know, sh- the shows that a lot of other people are watching too. So you must just uh, be like up all night watching these shows by yourself or something, no, right? I just try to find the time. I just got through Shit's Creek. Amazing. Oh okay. my God. Mm. Ew, okay, David. good. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's really good. Uh, Greg, where can people find you on social media? Uh, I am uh, at Berman Comedy on Instagram. That's that's the primary one. I'm not on TikTok because I'm old and don't want to <laughs> learn a new thing. <laughs> 
And then I just released a, a brand new podcast uh, since I've started quarantining myself called uh, Greg's Guided Meditation. Oh, and hell yeah. It's essentially like a, um, they're just funny guided meditations. They're like five to seven minutes long and you start in kind of this like relaxed zone. And then I just start peppering it with like pop culture humor and I make fun of Joe Biden a lot. It's just like a whole thing. Truly, I listened to it and really did like, it was very zen. I was yeah. like, oh, this is fun. I want to. This is like a funny podcast Greg did, and then all of a sudden I'm sitting like cross-legged on my bed, like breathing deeply, but also <laughs> laughing. It's great. It's really great. Welcome <laughs> to today's meditation. <laughs> um, yeah, so I have those. That's on. That's on Spotify. It's on Apple. Greg's guided meditation. I'm. Uh, I'm excited about it. Taylor. I'm. We're working with. I'm working with Taylor. She's uh, hopefully going to do a guest meditation for you yes. guys. I'm so excited with about that. With my shrill, loud, weird voice. Oh, I'm it's going to be great. I love this. it. I love it. It's going to be so good. We're gonna... I'm really pumped. Um, Greg, thank you so much for oh coming God. on and yes. recording remotely with us during this yes. crazy time and telling us about these, I, all of these fire. crazy shows <laughs> and like kind of opening up about your weird television habits. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's really exciting. Everybody watch some Forged in Fire while you're safe oh yeah. at home on the History Channel. Hey. So thanks, Greg. Thank, thank you, you for having me. This was super fun. Bye. Bye.